0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 40 of Training for Life for Teams. I am your host, Dan Jackson, and as always, I'm joined by my father, David Jackson. Today, we are up to Joshua 7 and 8, and we are going to dive straight into Achan's sin, Dad. What's going on? Joshua <laughs> and the Israelites have just been told to destroy Jericho, burn everything, get rid of it all, and it says they kind of did that, but then Achan just... Steals some gold and treasure. I presume they're idols uh, that he's stealing as part of that as well. And it just it causes havoc for Israel.
1: Yeah. It's, um, I think, a, yeah, that guy during the, I don't know, there was a guy during the week who um, was on the run from the police because he was COVID positive and there was no way he was going to obey the law. And they spent a week tracking him down. Uh, and the problem was he brought the disease with him. Uh, and I think Achan is a bit like that, uh, that sin is this... When you when you disobey God, when you cut, put something else that's more important than God, it's like an infection. It's like a, a virus. Um, and if it gets into the camp of Israel, then God's moving out and they're on their own. So the this concept of holiness is the same concept as quarantine, except instead of quarantining from a virus, you're quarantining from sin, which is a lot more difficult to handle Um, because everybody's born with it. You don't catch it. You just have it. So God has separated his people. He's made them his holy people. And now this individual sees a bunch of stuff in Jericho and he says, that's more important to me than God. And he's now brought that culture into the camp. And God says, fine, you're on your own. But he doesn't say it. He lets them go into battle and figure it out for themselves. Um, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, that you think of all the battles Israel's had, and this time they lost 36 men. And this is, they've never lost 36 men before. <laughs> all these wars, all these battles, you know, Midianites and everything else, 36 men and... Yeah, out of over a million, right? <laughs> they got an army of 600,000. Yeah. All right, they lost 36. They're not used to losing anybody in battle because Yahweh fights for them. And now they're sitting there going, what happened? Um, yeah, what did we get
0: wrong? <laughs> what
1: did we get wrong?
0: No, the AI is not exactly huge either, is it? No, nah,
1: no. Nah. Total population, 12,000. <laughs>
0: yeah again 600,000 yeah 26. against
1: that's right and yeah now they've i just I, I really like joshua's prayer uh in seven joshua 7 9 um he doesn't try and justify israel he just says um all the canaanites and everybody round about is going to hear about what just happened what will you do for your great name? You've built this reputation that nobody stands before Yahweh and they're all going to think, oh, yes, you can. Uh, it's more about God's reputation than it is about Israel. Yeah. I yeah, like
0: definitely it. caring more about God and his name than he's about Israel's name. He's not thinking, oh, what are people going to think? The people, they can beat Israel? No, it's about, yeah. it's about the war between God and them. Yeah, yeah so we then have this process where God, you know, we have lots thrown, and eventually A can is identified. He then gets all wiped out <laughs> as a result.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that comes as a bit of a shock to people, doesn't it? Um, A is the guy that's done the wrong thing, and his entire family gets wiped out, even his donkey, which I think is interesting. So, that tells you it's not about. Whether, the, whether, you know, the wife and kids chose to be part of the sin. It's more about you brought this virus, this wickedness into Israel and it's gone into your dwelling. So everything to do with your dwelling has to be cut out. Like, you know, you, this, this, we can't have that inside the people of Israel. And so that whole household with its animals has to be taken out and removed
0: yeah uh, and it's that's this whole idea that you know, god is holy and making sure you actually understand the gravity of who god is that you can think that you can be camped with god uh, and live live next to him really uh and have sin with you at the same time that, that, that this is going to happen a lot of the time throughout yeah. the whole bible you know, every time someone who shouldn't be you know, we've had it already uh as i wandering through the desert and people are like oh i can go and offer incense or you know Come
1: before God's presence, and
0: they got wiped out. You
1: know, yeah, yeah. The only cure for sin is death, and that's and it's it's under headship. So everybody under the head um, is branded with the same brand. It's it's a so this concept of of salvation is about quarantine, about separating God's people from sin, and the only way to do that's death. And so what we see happening here is what actually happens to Jesus. So he has brought harem, sin, into the camp. He and his household become Jericho, effectively. Um, So they're counted as being within the walls of Jericho, and what happens to Jericho happens to them. Uh, But you take them outside the camp and deal with it. I just, I mean, you've got to feel, I wonder whether Achan repented. Yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't – I mean, fair enough, you're standing there and, and they're going to start drawing lots, and you start with 12 tribes and how many clans are in that tribe and how many families are in that clan, and he's sitting there going, and it just so happened they pulled out my one. <laughs> Nobody else knows that I did this, and they oh, there you go, there's my family. Um, and he just turns around and says, okay, tell us what you did and he tells them where the loot is, and he tells them everything. I I wonder whether that isn't, okay, I'll take what's coming to me. Um, But, yes, I'll help you get this filth out of the camp. So, you know, you live in hope for the fella and his family. But, yeah, um, yeah, God is – this is an object lesson. You don't bring the corruption of sin in the world into God's family. Yeah,
0: and then the result then is you know, they go back to battling AI and they destroy
1: AI. Yep. But they get to keep the loot. They do. You know, if Aiken if a- had only waited another week, <laughs> he could have had a share in AI stuff, you know. Um, but but it, it reminds you, that this kerum business, that there are exemplary cities that we're going to use to teach the lesson. But in 90% of the cities, you know, I'm going to give you their farms and their property and everything else. Your job is just to get them out of there. Yeah. Um, It's
0: much like what he does to them as they leave Egypt, because they left having essentially ransacked Egypt with all the gold and
1: stuff from there. Yeah. Here's your compensation for 400 years of slavery. Um, You know, we won't bother with the lawsuit. We'll just hit him with 10 plagues. Uh, So this is, yeah, there's a, I enjoyed the tactics of this whole thing. I don't know uh, whether Bible readers enjoy that, but I always thought of two Israelite armies sort of sandwiching these guys. But then I realised reading this through, there's three. He's got one on the north side, one on the west side, and then his little feint comes up the hill, um, draws them all out of the the town, and then a few fellows go into town and finish the town off. And as they've carried all that loot out and got it all out of there, they set fire to the city. And then this main force of about 5,000 comes galloping down the hill. And Joshua stands there and lifts his spear in the air. Everybody does a U-turn like a brass band and marches up the hill. And whammo. Um, it's, it's, and he's sucked in Bethel and Ai. Which is really interesting because Bethel is the big town and AI is just a little forward observation post. Hmm. So he's managed to take out both towns with one action and he's kept them from bringing their allies in. So, but uh, do you remember, were you at Valley uh, Wadi Kelt? Yes.
0: Yes, I yeah?
1: did. Yeah. 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 I was, we had a few um, war veterans with us uh, when I was there. And uh, we sort of look up, you know, I'm, I'm Army Reserve, I just played on the weekends, but you look up this this gully and the photos are in the, the notes. But my goodness, I could not imagine doing a 14K hike up a kilometre vertical climb in the dark at night, tactically so that they didn't know you were there, and then in the morning when the sun rises, you go into battle. Um it's, 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 a, and it's all crumbly soil everywhere. You put your foot, you know, this is donkey country. <laughs> it's goat country, Dad. goat country. Oh, well, we, it was funny. We actually stopped the bus on the way back up to Jerusalem, looked out the window and there were three donkeys up on the ridge on the side of the face of this hill that Joshua would have had to go up. Um, and there was a little foal and this stupid foal is bouncing all over the hill you know, like a two-year-old on heat, um, you know, all pumped up. And you're going, why isn't he falling down the slope? It was, he just had such traction. And I look at that and I think, you know, God calls on his army to go and do this huge physical tactical manoeuvre and he just takes out the whole of the top of the ridge. Uh, it's a very powerful scene. Hmm. But it's, but it's not without hard work.
0: Yeah. We then have a covenant renewal that happens at uh, Mount Ebel. Why didn't they just renew the covenant when they were doing the circumcision before <laughs> they destroyed Jericho? You know, there was kind of a renewed commitment as well that happened earlier. Yeah, Now we've got another covenant renewal happening.
1: It's it's interesting because when you go to Mount Ebel, Mount Um, Gerizim, down in the valley is Shechem, and you remember being at Shechem
0: Um,
1: I think you got to go down the valley we weren't allowed, we had to stay up top people were firing guns at people when we were there Um, but as you look down that valley this is where God told Abraham he could have the land Uh, this is where Jacob camped in the land, so you now bring all of Israel, men, women children, grandma. 100-kilometre hike, and all the Canaanite kings and everything else around the place are going, you know, we're not going to touch them. And it's like this victory parade that goes right across the top of the ridge, plops down here where Abraham said, this is your land, and you go, this is our land. Let's go back and remember God made a promise. Uh, Let's chisel the whole of the book of Deuteronomy onto a rock. (laughs) Let's spend three hours and read it to everybody. Uh, Now you know what you've got to do, folks. You can go for a 100-kilometre hike back to camp. Um, Meanwhile, all the Canaanites are looking on going, oh, heck, (laughs) we're in a lot of trouble here. Uh, It's a a really powerful, um, I guess, signal to the whole of Canaan, you know, don't bother, fellas, just peck up and go. Um, you know, it's just five, five, 500 years ago, God made us a promise. 500 years later, we're here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, God is good. He's faithful.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of episode 40, the end of Joshua 7 and 8. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you would leave us a review. And if you would like to come and grab the uh, daily notes for this or the study notes, the transcript, etc., you can head over to trainingforliferedeem.com forty to grab all of that. And of course do make sure that you hit the subscribe button and come back next week as we jump into chapters nine and ten. Thank you so much.